Steelers, start your engines! Welcome to the one place everybody wants to be. Victory Lane, your source for news, analysis, discussion, interviews, and more from the world of NASCAR. Now, here's your host, Davey Siegel. Welcome back, party people, to the place everybody wants to be. You know it. You love it. It is, of course, Victory Lane. Today on the Michael Annette slash Cole Trickle edition of the show. You're, that's right. I said Cole Trickle. Coronavirus has taken over the world, as uh, it should have, obviously, because we need to combat this thing. And NASCAR will not be racing for a while. But we have some esports and iRacing to hold us over for the next couple months, ho- hopefully for the next couple months, that is. Notably from Ryan Vargas. You guys know him from E-Truck Series Night in America recently. Obviously, NASCAR National Series driver. Made a couple starts for JD Motorsports last season in the Xfinity Series. Ran in what was now formerly known as the k Pro Series East for Rev Racing. Social media connoisseur, Clout9 member. All around good dude. We will have him on the show and talk to him about E-Truck Series Night in America, how that whole deal came together, his racing career, which is a pretty interesting story. A lot of highs, a lot of lows. It was it was good catching up with him for a long period of time and talking about some, some very real, some very interesting stuff. So we'll talk to Ryan Vargas on this show. We'll also hear from NASCAR president Steve Phelps on the impact of COVID-19 on the sport. We'll talk about the replacements 100 and the e-nascar i-racing pro series invitational at the virtual homestead miami speedway Woo! big big show packed docket for you today and i'm sorry that i didn't get you the show last week but hey stuff happens i tried to get the technology to work to do this skype conversation with ryan but then i was at the beach with my girlfriend's family and then ah, da, 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 you don't care i know so let's get this episode started as we usually do, as I'm in my room, and my parents will probably hear me screaming this. Let's hear from NASCAR President Steve Phelps on the impact of coronavirus on the sport, shall we? We shall. Let's go. First of all, I don't think I've talked to you guys since NASCAR postponed stuff through Dover in early May. And when I say stuff, I mean every single race in the National Series. Um, The regional, local touring series and international series has not been looped in with that, but those specific entities have also postponed things, um, not for the foreseeable future, but at least up until a certain point. So that's seven races, I believe eight or so weeks, that have been officially postponed. This happened around a week ago at this point. Steve Phelps addressing the media on a teleconference, but He's the prez, and he gave us something, so I want to give you what he said. Here were his opening remarks, kind of talking about the process in general in terms of the fluidity of it. It's just kind of crazy that we're all here right now. We're navigating this process with the entire industry and look forward to providing further details when they're finalized. Uh, We're working through both the complexity of our sport and our many industry stakeholders, as well as the complexity of this pandemic and its impact on our daily lives. I would like to express my gratitude to you, the media, our teams, our drivers, the racetracks, and everyone in the industry for their incredible patience and cooperation over the past week. These clearly are unprecedented times um, with information changing 
by the hour. Collectively, our industry has made several difficult decisions, all with one thought in mind, the health and safety of our fans, our competitors, employees, and everyone in the industry. The situation we are facing transcends the world of sports. What is most important now is that we take precautions to, to keep everyone as safe as possible during these challenging times. And here's the main takeaway from this phone call, in my opinion. He reiterated that anything and everything is on the table when it comes to making up these races that are being missed. Keyword, making them up. They are not canceled. They are postponed. They have every intention of running all 36 points paying races in the Cup Series in 2020. And most, most importantly, we, we intend to race, um, you know, that all our 36 points paying uh, points races, as well as the all-star event. Um, what those look like at this particular point, we're looking broadly about what our options are. Um, you know, at this particular point, we, we would like to finish the season um, at, at Phoenix and keep the playoff portion intact. Um, with that said, there will require a lot of different, um, opportunities for us to look at. Um, and we're in the process of doing that. So no specifics around midweek races or, you know, I've heard about double headers and different, different things. So at this particular point, a lot of things on the, on the, um, on the table for us to look at working with our race teams, working with our race tracks to make sure that, you know, the, the things that are, that we're putting on the table are feasible for us to do. Unfortunately, there's no update yet really from their perspective on team finances um, because there's not really a lot of teams that are functioning right now, especially the smaller teams, that is. I mean, I talked to Sam Hunt of Sam Hunt Racing. He said that he sent his employees home, but he's trying to work on a plan to get them back to work sooner rather than later. JD Motorsports has furloughed some of their employees. Uh, Martin's Motorsports has done the same. There's a lot of small operations, specifically on the truck and Xfinity side of things, that have been really hurt by this. Um, so there's no really update on that yet. And it's also too early to tell from their perspective about the next gen debut in 2021. Something tells me that's going to be pushed back to 2022. And that way they're going to have just the ample amount of time to prepare for that car. Formula one uh, delayed their regulations by a year. So I think NASCAR, they might be smart to follow suit sometime soon. I also asked if the cancellation and postponement of other sports had an impact on NASCAR because we saw NCAA president Mark Emmert basically say Rudy Gobert of, of the NBA and the Utah Jazz testing positive for coronavirus. That was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back in the NCAA saying, okay, we're going to have to unfortunately cancel the 2020 tournament. Um, I was curious um, if you could give us some insight into how much NASCAR looked at the landscape of sports in general and what other sports leagues and sanctioning bodies were doing in terms of postponements and cancellations? And if so, how much did what those specific entities did play into your guys' decisions when they came down in terms of uh, the announcement of no fans and then the postponement of the season? Yeah, we listen, obviously we have a, a lens to what other folks are doing, but we needed to look through our own lens of of what was going to make make the most sense for for our fans, and then ultimately for you know our competitors uh, and and the folks that work on the race team and our and our own employees, frankly, our own officials. So, um, so do we have an understanding that these things were happening with other sports? Of course, um, but we needed to look at it as a that it relates to to our specific f facilities. At you know in this example, the first example being 
uh, Atlanta and then, and then Homestead Miami. So that's what we looked at. Um, and we, we tried to run it with, without fans and then we made a determination that, you know what, it's probably, probably not in the best interest to do that. And that's, which is why we had postponed those two events. Mr. Phelps also talked about television partners and how esports may be coming into the forefront of things. Speaking of esports, let's talk about esports and iRacing taking over while NASCAR itself is sitting on the sidelines idle. So there's been a, a big push recently in the last week or two or so to have people watch iRacing and, and, and watch and compete in it. It started out with the Replacements 100 broadcasted on Podium Esports. Josh Williams, who is Ryan Blaney's spotter and a former professional golfer, I might add, wins it over William Byron. That kind of spearheaded stuff. But before that took place, Ryan Vargas was working on an iRacing thing that got huge. It blew up. Um, We're going to see how that all came together in a little bit when we hear from him. And then, of course, we had the e-racing E-NASCAR, see, I, I cannot get this name right. The E-NASCAR iRacing Pro Series Invitational 100. Such a long race name. It reminds me of Gateway. Oh, you want me to say the race name at Gateway again? Please, I will. It was the Monaco Cocktails Gateway Classic 125 presented by the West Coast Stock Car Hall of Fame at Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway. I will never forget that race name for as long as I live. But this race was at Homestead, the virtual Homestead Miami Speedway. And it was pretty good. <laughs> I mean, I'm not an esports guy. I'm not an iRacing guy, but it was fun, and we have much to discuss. So this kind of came together when Ryan Vargas's event happened. Fox Sports One broadcasted it. Um, iRacing was the platform, obviously. They had their regular announcing crew of Mike Joy, Jeff Gordon, Larry McReynolds in the booth. Clint Boyer was racing from the Fox Sports Charlotte Studios. Tons of drivers from the Cup Series, Xfinity Series, Truck Series. Um, Martin Truex Jr. and Kevin Harvick seemed to be the only big names that did not race in this one. But I think Kevin Harvick's getting ready to go this upcoming Sunday at Texas. But we'll see officially once we get the entry list on that. I mean, you've seen the race by now if you're listening to this podcast. But Denny Hamlin wins it over Dale Earnhardt Jr. Yes, he came out of retirement. At the finish line, it was a great race. It was a great close finish. Timmy Hill, Brett Griffin's going wild, and Garrett Smithley were leading at some points. Jimmy Johnson, you can be a seven-time champion in real life, but you can suck virtually. He wrecked the entire field um, as he was lap traffic. He thought the caution was out, and he just caused a huge gaggle. Boyer's commentary was hilarious. It looked real. It felt somewhat real. The community rallied around it. It was fun. That is what I took away from it. It was fun because we needed something like this to kind of hold us over, and it gave us a sense of normalcy even for a moment. I mean, good God, we had an invocation, a national anthem. Unfortunately, no flyover. There was differentiation in strategy. There was a ton of fun on Twitter during the race. I, I tweeted that I think Alex Bowman was meant to iRace and tweet while he has to pee simultaneously. I mean, go check his Twitter account. It is so damn funny. So the top 10 finishers, you had Denny Hamlin, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Timmy Hill, Chase Briscoe, Garrett Smithley, Alex Bowman, Bubba Wallace, Ryan Priest, iRacing legend Ty Majeski, and Eric Jones 
rounding out the top 10. And I'll tell you the rest of the field too, just because we got nothing else to do, right? You had Matt Benedetto, Landon Castle, who got yeeted by Clint Boyer, but thank God it was virtual because he pretty much died. Parker Kligerman, Ross Chastain, Joey Logano, Clint Boyer, Ryan Truex, Hall of Famer Bobby Labonte, 18th place, Ty Dillon, Justin Allgaier, Ricky Stanhouse Jr., Austin Sindrick, Michael McDowell, Chase Elliott, Brad Keselowski, Christopher Bell, Austin Dillon, Chris Buescher, Kyle Busch, 29th, John Hunter Nemechek, Jimmy Johnson, 31st, Fast Pasta Anthony Alfredo, 32nd, Kyle Larson, 33rd, William Byron, the iRacing God, led some laps, started second, but finished 34th, and last, 35th place, Kurt Busch. Nine cautions for 42 laps, which is almost half the race. <laughs> 11 lead changes among six drivers. William Byron led the most laps at 28. Garrett frickin' Smithley led 24. And Tim Heal led 13 laps. You can't make this stuff up, folks. It was it was very fun to watch. But Denny is the guy who wins. As I said, I enjoyed myself watching. I'm sure Denny had a good time as well. Was it fun to compete in? It was. It was <laughs> It's always fun when you win, but regardless, I mean, it, it just, uh, it, it was a great event. I mean, for, for the community, the racing community, the NASCAR drivers to come together and put 20 some drivers on the racetrack with such short notice, you know, everyone's buying up uh, simulation rigs this week and last week getting ready for the event and, uh, for it all to come together and have a great finish. It, uh, I think it was definitely a success. He said that his rig is somewhere in the 40s, which means that he's paid a lot of money for this rig, and that's on the high end for sure. He also raced barefoot, which was a headline on my local Fox affiliates um, news the other night. I don't know why we're watching Fox. We're an NBC family, obviously. This was not an orchestrated thing, though, this whole event that came together. Denny talks about that here. It kind of happened and came together organically, which in my opinion, I think that makes this whole thing way more cool. Yeah, you know, the thing is that nobody got together and said, hey, let's all do this. I think everyone just started doing it. And then, you know, our racing got involved and, um, and you know, emailed everyone and said, hey, this is what we're thinking about. NASCAR got involved. Uh, television got involved and said they'd be interested. So I think it all just came together, but, but no one really talked to the drivers about unifying and, and participating. It was all free will. And that's what's exciting is that, you know, in the, you know, 25 plus full time cup guys out there, uh, willing to spend their time, uh, doing this. And the difference in the rigs varies from, from laptop to, to a $40,000 simulator that moves and shakes and everything. I mean, go on Denny's Twitter, you'll see his reaction to the final lap and, and his daughter Taylor's reaction as well, which was even funnier. But Denny says right here, I mean, you can be time a jet ski and have a laptop with a bowl of ice and a fan that's cooling your laptop, or you can have a $40,000 sim rig. It doesn't matter because equipment means nothing. It doesn't make that big of a difference. I mean, I was, you know, I had literally just a desktop computer uh, in, in NASCAR 2003, which was the version before iRacing, um, and just a Logitech wheel, similar to what time a jet ski had. And it's, you know, the equipment means really, really small. It is like nothing because, you know, the fast drivers are the fast drivers. So I know my driver, Keegan Leahy, uh, in, in the, uh, I racing Coke, I racing series has, you know, he's got a seat that he found out of a junkyard 
um, his wheels, nothing special and his computer's nothing special. So, and he's the fastest guy I think, uh, out there right now. So a lot of it comes with experience. Um, I'm really excited to see how well the drivers that don't do this regularly do, uh, did today. Um, you know, what I thought my struggle was going to be was that I hadn't done this in three years up until a week and a half ago when I got back on it. So, um, it's just, uh, I'm excited that, you know, we kind of got the sport re-energized and get people talking about racing again. And that's all pretty, pretty important. If you didn't like this, buckle up because we're going to have more of it. And if you did like it, get ready because we're going to have more of it. It's starting off this weekend at Texas Motor Speedway. I don't know all the details of it yet. NASCAR has not announced everything as of Tuesday at 12.01 p.m. Eastern time. But we're going to have more of it, and I'm glad we are because TV is going to broadcast it. It's going to be pretty much the only sport that's on television um, that is being controlled by actual athletes because when NBA players are playing 2K or NFL players are playing Madden, that's a video game. This is not a video game. This is a real simulator with wheel and pedals and shifters. So this is the real deal. I'm excited for it. I'm not an eSports guy. I'm not going to become an eSports iRacing guy. But that doesn't mean that I can't enjoy this, right? Interview time. See, I know I promised Dalen Barr a while ago, but I'm keeping him in the can because I can run him whenever I want. See, Dalen, I can run you whenever I want. Ooh, woo. But since iRacing and esports are kind of taking over right now, I want to try to talk to people involved in that space and see their perspective on things. And who better than the guy who organized E-Truck Series Night in America, one of my good buddies, Clout Niner, Ryan Vargas. So we talked about everything under the sun from the race itself, how it got organized, came together so quick, um, coronavirus, how that's impacting him and his sponsorship hunt to race, his racing career, and kind of how he stays upbeat in kind of the dark and, and depressing times in life and how this sport can be pretty taxing on your mental health. Um, so it was a really wide-ranging, great, fun conversation. Hope you enjoy it with Ryan Vargas. We had some technical difficulties, but we ironed those out. And when I say we, I mean I, because Ryan Vargas has been a great sport about this whole thing. The creator, the mastermind behind E-Truck Series Night in America, powered by Filter Time. Can't forget the sponsors, of course. Um, Ryan, thank you for joining me via Skype today. I, I don't even really know where to begin, but... Let's start here. I mean, we've seen the the esports and iRacing craze kind of take over the NASCAR world in the past, I guess you could say, 10 to 14 days or so. But specifically with your event that you put on uh, with Podium Esports, iRacing, like how did this all happen? And it happened so quick. Yeah, <laughs> I really just put it out as kind of a, a half tweet, uh, as a half joke. Um, you know, once the whole announcement came that the races were going to be postponed, um, it was really a, like the whole community was just kind of upset. It wasn't, it was a very negative atmosphere, which as it should be, you know, everyone, it's very uncertain what Mm -hmm. the future is right now. Um, and I said, you know, I just kind of want to change something up and bring something nice. And uh, I put out there saying, Hey, what if, what if I put together a race and, you know, got a bunch of fans and media members and racers and I racers to all do it at the same time and get a real true mix of everyone and uh by the end of about two hours that tweet had gone all the way around the racing community and back (laughs) and uh it it kind of snowballed into what it became and luckily i had my buddies john and austin uh helping me out a lot and they 
they did a lot of the number crunching behind the scenes, and so I really have to thank them for that too. They were two of the bigger, in my opinion, they put down a lot more work than I did. <laughs> were you surprised at all about how much traction it got, how quickly it did? Because I mean, you, you've I mean, we've been friends for a while, but you've always been very vocal and active on social media. I mean, you've had like some things go quote unquote viral a few times, but nothing that really reached the level or came together like this like like as it was happening were you surprised at all about how big it was becoming i was but i it, 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 i was surprised by it but at the same time it didn't like catch me off guard mm-hmm. um i know i have the connections in the right areas to make things happen like that and uh once it once like i said i kind of put it out there as a half joke expecting to maybe get 30 or so people interested in doing something but um once it started blowing up a little bit and more People who are in the eight racing industry, those who are in iRacing, started sharing it, YouTubers, media personalities. That's when I was like, okay, um, this is going to be a lot bigger than I expected. And uh, luckily, we were able to kind of find a way to make it all happen. Well, like going into this, what did you know about esports? How often did you iRace? Like what, what, what would that kind of, I guess, timeline look like for you? Were you big into this scene or was it kind of one of those things where you're hopping on the bandwagon like everybody else? I was I was kind of into it. Like I I, I watched the Coke series often. Uh, mm-hmm. That's like my, one of my favorite things to watch. And then I, I race uh, periodically. I'm not the greatest at I racing by any means. I'm actually, <laughs> in my opinion, pretty bad. Um, yeah, you didn't even make your own show. Yeah. So exactly, there was so many so, such stiff competition that I decided to take away my provisional and try to race my way in. And all those I racing guys are really good. But um, you know. It's something that I just kind of thought of, and I'm glad that it kind of inspired a lot of people to start making their own races, and uh, it's neat to be one of the first people that really said, all right, well, time to make light of a bad situation, and, uh, you know, put some together like this, and to have the star power we did is incredible. I also know that you're you're a bit of an emotional guy, which is a good thing, because I am as well. What were... I mean, did you have like a swing of emotions as it was all coming together and as Speed 51 hit you up, Blake Cook hit you up with filter time, all these sponsors were coming together to help, like you said, Austin and John were pitching in. I mean, like, was it was it gratitude? Was it relief? Was it like, I'm sure you were hype about it, but I mean, what was the swing of emotions for you just, I guess, sitting on your couch or sitting behind your computer trying to make this thing come together? There was a lot of gratitude there. Um, I would say the biggest thing is for me, and I said it in an interview, interview one time before, uh, the biggest one for me is just uh, obviously I haven't been in a race car since November. Uh, I, I do currently have plans to race this year, but you know, all that time spent out of the race car, one of the things that kind of weighs in the back of your mind is like your relevancy in the sport. And uh, to see how many people were so quick to jump on it, how many fans were like, yes, Ryan Vargas and all the media personalities who, you know, reached out and all the iRacers and all the other racers that are racing full time and other stuff like that. That really, really made me feel pretty good. Um, it reminded me of my of that my place in the sport is still very much welcome. And it also reminded me that uh, all the hard work I put in behind the scenes when it comes to going to races, even when I'm not racing, but going to the races and shaking hands and handing out business cards, uh, it it really uh, reassured me that all that hard work will pay off, and it this is just a teaser of what's to come, in my opinion. Wow. We're getting pretty deep, are we? Jeez. Yeah. No, I like it, though. I mean, it's true. Um, I think what you said about the relevancy factor is, especially in a time like this where there's no racing going on, 
and the only type of connection that you can have as a NASCAR fan to the sport in general is iRacing. So I think, I mean, you weren't the quote-unquote first to do it, um, but, I mean, with you and Podium Esports and everybody that did it, it became the biggest thing up until that point, maybe not viewership-wise because the replacements race had a, had a couple bigger names and they were promoting it, but you had Filter Time, you had Cranial Care Bears, you had Lee Falk Racing, you had Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway. I mean, you had a ton of partners involved. That's, it sounded like a Victory Land interview listing off all your contingencies when you were on TeamSpeak kind of talking about it on the broadcast. I mean, how would you get all these people to come aboard? It really... If I'm being honest, a lot of them reached out to me, which is incredible. I think that um, says a lot. Yeah, a lot of companies really just wanted to attach themselves to it. There were only really a few that I had to kind of ask. Um, but to have, I mean, I would say that's probably around 15, 20% that I had to that I had to ask. The rest of them all came wow. on board. They wanted to do it. Um, and that just shows, you know, like I said, you know, everyone, it showed that they have trust in what I'm able to put out there and that, I'm not going to do anything bad with their name and uh, that I can try to represent each company as well as I can. And hopefully all the other racers will do the same as well. So uh, it, it ended up being a really good show. And uh, it was great that the race was um, covered by Podium Esports and broadcasted on iRacing. We were able to have the same, the same broadcast uh, quality as the Coke series, which is something that is a huge deal. Uh, to, for my fir- for our first race that we've ever put together, to have the same quality and same production, same team as the Coke series is nuts. Yeah, what would you think of the booth? I mean, James was really good. Jacob and Haley did well. I think there was some other guy that was in there as well that didn't really know too much about esports. <laughs> uh, what would you think of the booth? I think it was fun. It was definitely a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we had you in there, and that was a good experience. I- I'm glad that you got to have your first broadcast booth experience with iRacing. And Thanks to you. Also- Exactly. And then we also got to have Haley Deegan in there, which was a really cool one. Uh, you know, she was able to push it a little bit on her social platforms as well. And she's been a really good friend of mine. And uh, I always we always joke with each other like, you know, she's been a good friend of mine ever since we did the whole NASCAR next stuff. So um, anything she has going on, I try to help and support her with all that. And same same goes for me. So it's it's really cool to be able to have that good friendship with her. And then you know, you can't forget about James and Jacob and everyone at Podium Fitness. I mean, not Podium Fitness, Podium Podium <laughs> Esports. Um, they did they did a great job, and it was just, um, it was a really cool experience, and it was cool to be able to see the amount of work that goes into these because this took, yeah. even though it was a five day planning process, I can tell you that during those five days, I was on phone call after phone call after phone call after oh, meeting after meeting, it. trying to make sure that all the stars aligned for the race and. Luckily, everything lined up, I would say, just in time for the broadcast. Yeah. I, I would say so as well. I mean, How did you go about picking the drivers? Because, correct me if I'm wrong, there was, I think, either over or almost 300 freaking people that <laughs> tried to qualify for this race. Like, How did you go about picking them, and was that hard, trying to narrow down the field? It was definitely hard. Uh, one thing that we... Uh, one thing that we did was we had 23 locked in drivers and that included like, you know, big names in the industry with, right. with like, uh, Xfinity and truck guys, you have iRacing champions, you have media personalities, you even had a heat driver, NASCAR heat pro league driver in there. So there was a good mix of just about every community. And then you also had the dirt racers and the Brad racing spec Miatas and Austin who comes from silver crown. So there was a really, really big mix of all different likes of racing and, different areas of the sport as well um 
And that was really cool. And that only made up 23 of the 43 spots. So we had 20 <laughs> spots to fill. So we put up an entry list on Monday last week and said, all right, this is open to everybody. We're like, we want to make sure that the fans, you know, no restrictions, nothing. Just sign up and we'll get you, we'll get you squared away. And we had, we were expecting to maybe have 100, 150 people by the end of the next day or day and a half because we were going to cut it after a day and a half. Right. Um, Within two hours, we were at 280, Jeez. and I got a call saying we had to cut it at 300 or else we'd lose <laughs> we'd lose control. Oh so my gosh. within about two, two and a half hours, we had to completely cut the entry blank uh, really out of nowhere. I felt kind of bad because there was a lot of people who, who missed the signups who really, really wanted to do the race. And, you know, it, like I said, I tried to make it as fair as possible, but there was a point where we had to make sure that our sanity was intact first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can't you can't just allow everybody to get in there. It's gonna look like the first uh, first ever NASCAR race on Daytona Beach with like 300 entries just going down into turn one. That'd be exactly insane. But yeah, I mean, was... this whole this whole thing too, Ryan. Like, it happened in what a span of six days. Yes, uh, six days it took to get the whole thing put together. <laughs> that, I mean, and it it was still coming together as the race was kind of ready to take the green flag. I mean. Do you, yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure you have. You, you've definitely, like, sat back in the last week or so and said, like, wow, we did that. Because I think you tweeted the next morning. You said, yeah, we did that. Like, did you pinch yourself afterwards and you said to yourself, okay, I don't believe that we actually were just able to pull that off, an actual top-tier broadcast quality iRacing race that was watched by thousands of people right now during coronavirus? Like, this is the most 2020 thing ever. The biggest thing for me was that I look at – um, yeah, the sheer amount of people and the sheer amount of response I got from all ends uh, when it came to putting this whole deal together. Um, hearing so many people thank me and all the people that were involved were was really I- incredible. Uh, I wasn't anticipating the amount of response. Uh, I said it with the first tweet. I wasn't anticipating the amount of response with that, let alone for the race to see every community embraced it like i said you had the real racers you had the i racers you had the heat guys you had you know people who race in dirt and dirt and silver crown and all that stuff then you had you know i guess you could say the memers of twitter and facebook and stuff like that as well who got all (laughs) involved and it's cool that i'm able to kind of bring that whole cross together and get everybody to really just band together, have some fun, race some trucks, and bring a little bit of light to such a dark time. I agree. And I think that the ability that you were able to bring, I, when you were talking about all the different disciplines of racing that were competing, I, the thought that came to my head was a smorgasbord, because I love using that word, and yes. I never do. But I think the fact that you were able to bring that many people from those backgrounds goes to what you mentioned earlier, which is your connections throughout the racing community, not just the NASCAR stock car asphalt world. But with that, you've gained connections on dirt. You've gained connections online, whether it's NASCAR heat or iRacing, the Coke series. And I think that kind of proves to me one thing, which is, I mean, a lot of people may see you and they say, okay, like this kid's young. He's trying to make his way into the sport. He's got a couple Xfinity starts. He's raced K&N for a while, you know, cool. Good for him. But when you're on social media, I mean, you're not just there to, tweet out something and interact with people just to do it like this is all and i know it like it's all calculated because you're not just tweeting out something for the sake of tweeting it out you're doing it because there is a long game a long-term plan in mind and that's to establish connections 
show people that you are active, you are there, you are looking, you are ready, you are willing, and you are able. And the fact that you've been doing that for a few years now, that I think is what made this so successful because people know you as the guy on social media that means business. And it's not just going to throw out a tweet and say, yeah, I'll do this and then not do it. Kind of like I do with my podcast every now and then. But that you see what I'm saying? Like you, your reputation precedes you. And that's why I think this is so impressive because people know that when you do something, you're going to actually do it full bore and go 110% at it. And that's exactly what you did. And we got a great race out of it. That was really big, you know, and you mentioned it right there, you know, the whole social media aspect of everything, you know, um, in the past two, two and a half, three years, I really learned how you can use social media to your to your advantage and utilize all the tools you have in front of you. Like back in the day, you know, and back in the day, as in 10, 15 years ago, you had to pay for a website. You had to do all that stuff, which I do have a website, but uh, we're still working on getting that a little updated. But, you know, you have all these tools. You have social media, you have Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you have TikTok now. That's growing. <laughs> you know, you have all these platforms to show not just your brand and what you can offer and who you are as a race car driver, but you also have all these outlets to show the personality that you have. I go on TikTok and I interact with people who are big names in racing, and I also interact with meme accounts and stuff like that. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I bring that all together. I have fun and I show people that you can have fun and enjoy what you do and still be serious. Um, you know, like I said, I'm all fun and games. I joke. I have the nuggy reviews on YouTube and stuff oh, like yeah. that. But we'll get to it. When it comes to racing, you know, I'm full serious. This is, I'm fully serious about everything that I do. This is what I want to do. And, you know, you mentioned it. It's a long-term game. I'm not worried about what comes tomorrow or what comes in the next few months. I'm worried about what what comes in 2021 and 2022. Where will I be sitting in in those in those years? What will I be racing those years? And that's where social media, uh, it could help propel you and put you in front of those people before you're even there. I think this is where um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat come together to make a package to sponsor Ryan Vargas for the remainder of his racing career. What do you say? Oh, I would I would love that. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, and also, we can kind of wrap up it by talking, wrap up the race by talking about this. I mean, the race itself was pretty good, don't you think? I mean, you didn't make the field, but did you enjoy watching it? I loved watching it. There was three, four wide racing. People were door slamming each other, going in those three, four wide passes, and you had insane wrecks, and then you also had some great racing tire strategy. It was a perfect mix of what a good race should be. And uh, at the end of the day, the cream rose to the crop. You had, I think, the top three were all Coca-Cola iRacing Series drivers, which is yep. since it's which is very impressive um, because. I also want to give give a big shout out to a lot of the real life drivers that came in and ran really well. You got Carson Hosovar, you have Ruben Garcia Jr. Ruben Garcia is one of my good friends and uh, three time, yeah, three three time Mexico Series champion came out there and he was running in the top five for most of the race. Mm-hmm. So I mean, and then you also have some you know lesser known names. You have Michael Frisch who went up and passed Real Fallow for the lead. Real Fallow. A four-time iRacing Series champion. Like, that's a huge deal. So, and that's what I went for with this. You had the names. You had the big names. You had the lesser-known names. You had the fans. You had the media. You had real-life drivers all duking it out on the same stage with the same with the same materials to go out there and try to win. And that's what was really cool. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say is um, 
I wanted to highlight that the community kind of rallied around this and did this. And, and you emphasize that, too, because the tweet that I mentioned on Friday morning that you sent out saying still in awe, we freaking did that. And I want to emphasize the we on that, because like you said, there was a ton of sponsors that approached you and then drivers approached you in terms of wanting to get on that 300 driver entry list for the race. I mean, yeah. it's just crazy that the event happened the way it did, how fast it did, and how well it did. And I think that kind of speaks volumes to the NASCAR community and how they kind of rallied around this idea that, like you said, started out as a half joke and then wound up being something way, way bigger than you ever thought would happen. Yeah, it's it, it like I said, it just was a really big reassurance that my spot in the sport is um, still welcome and that, you know, my name is still here and that it it was just a really awesome experience and it was great to work with my friends and get this whole show on the road. And now, you know, we're looking at the next one and that's, what's really cool. Hell yeah. Are we going to have a next one? Can you say, or there, not? I can say that we're planning on a next one. So, uh, we'll see. <laughs> well, if you need somebody in the booth, I think I might know a guy. Okay. That sounds good to me. And he, he knows a little bit more about esports than he did the last time. Just so you know, I, I believe so. Good, good. Um, so let's transition a little bit. I mean, coronavirus has impacted not just NASCAR, not just the, the U.S., but the world in general, and obviously NASCAR is included in that. They are not racing through at least May 3rd, hoping to get back on track at Martinsville. You are one of the fixtures in the NASCAR community, especially on social media. I mean, first of all, how have you been handling this? Are you safe? Are you healthy for now? I mean, how you doing? Yeah, I'm feeling good. Um, you know, that's... It's all about just staying safe, staying indoors and washing your hands. I know some people, you know, will say that there's a big overreaction. Some will say that there's a big underreaction. But at the end of the day, just make sure you're staying inside. Stay away from people and wash your hands. Stay clean. Um, it's been a real big – it's been – it's just been kind of weird. Uh, you know, the, yeah. the racer in me, the business person in me wants to get on my laptop and start sending out emails, start making phone calls, start making business calls so I can start – you know, securing deals for races, but who's going to pick up? <laughs> there's no one, there's nothing to do right now. There's yeah. no business being done right now. All companies are losing money. Like it's not just in racing, but in all, in all industries, it's, it's just a bad situation for everyone. And, uh, hopefully, you know, this whole deal passes over sooner than rather than later. And, um, we're able to get not just racing back on track, but you know, society back on track. Uh, that's going to be the big one. You kind of led me right into my next question because this this virus is impacting everybody in the sport specifically on a financial basis. And you are one of the guys, and even our, 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 our friend Jeff Gluck pointed it out on Twitter after uh, the race, you're known for hounding sponsors like it's your job because it is your job, frankly. Mm -hmm. So how has that been affected? You kind of answer that because you know you want to get on your laptop and start making calls and slinging deals, but you haven't been able to do that because it's kind of a moot point. It's, it's very frustrating because I'm one of those people that if I'm not working or doing something, I feel like I'm wasting my own time. Exactly the same. Way. Um, I, I don't like taking breaks. I don't like going out and having fun with friends because I just feel like I'm wasting my own time. Oh, I agree. And now that I'm stuck inside with all the time in the world to work, there's no work to do. <laughs> um, and that's what's a little bit uh, infuriating on my end. And it's infuriating not in like, oh, who did this way? It's infuriating as in like it's causing me stress. Like I just want to I just want to get work done. Yeah. Um, so that's something that I'm really just having to adjust to and just get 
get used to nothing. <laughs> get used to doing nothing for a little while. Uh, and that's, you know, it's a very much of a struggle, especially, you know, when you look at, you know, what we, what I have to do, you know, you, you mentioned it, finding sponsorship and doing this stuff is my job. And, you know, I'm a firm believer that you always have to keep pushing and keep finding that. And, uh, you're going to get more no's and you get yeses and all that other jazz. And, uh, it's, it's frustrating when you don't have that opportunity to go do so. And, uh, it definitely kind of puts a damper on your spirits. Cause now I have to worry about it in the later, in the later times instead yeah. of worrying about it now. So, uh, you know, it's your job, you know, the, your payment for doing that job is getting in the race car. Well, now I have to put off all that time hunting to find money. And even if I do find that money, it may be too late. So that's just some of the things that not just me, but all other racers are facing as well. So um, prayers to everyone um, in the racing community. It's just a real unfortunate deal all around. For sure. And I'm, I'm literally the same way, dude. Like, it, it does even even in college you know i lived in my fraternity house for two years and there'd be a party going on downstairs or everybody was going out and i would be at the radio station finishing editing a podcast or writing an article or out of town covering a K&N race and my friends would always text me and be like yo come out and i was just like one i'm in bed two i'm still working three i'm not in the state right now or four no because i don't want to like have that mindset of oh i could be technically quote-unquote working right now but i'm choosing to go out you know what i mean it's like a yep. it's such a hard struggle too because you're a young guy you're what 19 years old like you want to yeah. enjoy yourself have fun have a good time but there's only so much that you can do without having that mental strain on you constantly and I, i'm not even just saying like i really do get it because i'm the same way there's always this constant mental strain of how do i get better and if I find that way to get better, how do I now take that to the next step? And that's the most frustrating part of this whole thing is that there's just nothing to do. And yeah. you have to stay inside and figure out a way to do it. But I, I, I will say this. The fact that you were able to put together the race that we just talked about, I think that speaks volumes. And that may be doing more than you know right now. Because I feel like when this whole thing passes over, um, you know, I, let's say hypothetically we start at Martinsville, right? I mean... Mm -hmm you know how much coverage is going to be about iRacing and eSports and people are going to talk about how the first race at home said, I think the numbers just came out almost a million people watched on Fox sports one. Um, but like, yeah, that that's the big headline, but the people in the industry and you know, this, they will know that before that race came e truck series night in America. Mm -hmm. And that was your baby. That was your idea. So it's not going to be like this thing gets, sent to the to the back burner i mean this has been on the forefront of stuff and you know because you've received information and tidbits from people like people have hit you up and said look really good job with this like keep it up yeah so i think I've that's going to do that's going to do wonders for you i've had people all over uh not just in iRacing but all the, also other racers as well that i compete against all saying that this was a really cool deal so um it means a lot to have all this um, thing and again, I just I can't take all the credit for it. You know, Austin Blair and John Palmieri, um, they did, they did a lot of the work behind the scenes. I did a lot of the promotional and getting all the you know names and try to get all the deals and stuff like that. But they did all the number crunching and helping all that. So, um, they did all that. But it's it's really cool to have, like I said, put such a big impact. Um, and I know those iRacing guys. You know, another big testament to, um just how everything got put together um i know those iRacing guys they don't just like 
going and doing races. They like to focus on their iRacing stuff and what they got going on. So the fact we had so many people not just want to be locked in, but also that came through the open yeah. qualifiers, that race in the Coke Series is a very, very big deal. And that's what's really cool about it. So let's get back to the racing side of things for, for a couple minutes. You kind of mentioned that you do have plans to race this year. Um, share as much as you want or feel comfortable with. I mean, what what does this virus and this suspension of the season and, and the sport, what does this do for you now? I mean, does this impact the schedule that you had in place for this year? I, I assume it doesn't really help things. If anything, it's going to hurt it. But is this one of those things where it happened early enough in the year that your schedule that has been planned to be run is that not going to be affected like what's the deal i think everyone's schedule is going to be affected in some way um for me you know yes it's going to switch up my schedule a little bit and uh the good news is you know we know we're racing we know that that we have a good set plan of what what i'll be racing uh but now that we have this big uh schedule shake up and with the plans to run every race still um it's going to really throw a wrench in how we do our operations where we race or when we race um, but regardless, I'm just excited to be back in a race car. Um, it's, it's been too long. Um, and I, I got, I got to go drive my buddy, Nick, uh, his go-kart the other day, uh, which is like a legitimate go-kart. And that was my first, one of my first times ever in an actual like racing go-kart. And I was like, man, it feels good to drive again. Like this is, this is good. So, um, I'll even be hanging out with my buddy, Brad Perez will be, driving his spec me on a little bit too having some, some races on that end so uh trying to stay in in the same mindset as much as i can while i'm under this uh quarantine i guess you could say so um but yeah it doesn't just affect me it affects everybody in the industry as well um there's i mean it's no rumor there's a lot of layoffs there's a lot of people searching for jobs searching for money teams are struggling to stay open right now some are closed um and it's just really unfortunate because there's no there's no wrong or right situation in this in this whole deal. Um, it's just it's really just getting through it and surviving. And then once once it passes, we're back to racing. We're back to um, you know putting on show on a good show for the race fans and loving what we do. That's right. Survive and advance. This too shall pass. So the last year that you've had was one for the ages. I, I think that's fair to say. Let, let's see if we can run down the list here. Lee Falk Racing uh, in the North Carolina area. Alec yep. Martinez Racing at Irwindale. Ran for the track championship. JD Motorsports Xfinity Series made your National Series debut. I mean, you did a little bit of it all. How, just looking back on the last year, that must have been crazy a crazy ride for you, switching from car to car, from coast to coast, series to series. You did a lot. Yeah, it was a it was I would, I would easily say last year was was a dream season for any race car driver. Um and I, I would definitely have to say a lot of it is a testament to uh my sponsor last year, uh, Lombard Bros Gaming. They jumped on board, Joseph and Zach. They they sponsored a lot of the late model racing last year. We did the whole Irwindale season completely sponsored and that was an incredible deal. You you never find sponsors for late model racing. So the fact I was able to travel back to my home state and do races and you know put on a good show win a bunch of races prove that alex alex equipment can win races and hopefully he'll be able to get some more rental drivers here soon and uh really just show that his stuff is good and then also be able to come out here to the east coast and get my get my butt waxed at hickory and anderson motor speedway <laughs> um 
but I say that proudly. Um, we'd go to, we'd go to Hickory and you know in qualifying we'd only be a tenth tenth and a half off the pole and qualify eleventh or twelfth. So I mean you had to be on your A game there, and if you slipped you you dropped to the rear, and that's how it was every race, and that's what I loved about it. <laughs> um, it was by far some of the most intense and tight racing I've ever experienced. I'm very glad to have gone there and. I've gotten a couple, gotten a couple podium finishes and ran up front, contested for wins. But you know that win eluded us on the East Coast. But I think you know if I can get back in that car here soon, we'll be able to do some, get some wins. And then you also mentioned the JD JD experience. You know, running three races last year. That's something that I, I never would have expected. Um, so it was just a really big deal, not just for myself, but for my family to have gone as far as we've gone with the with how little we have and that's what really means a lot yeah i I think the jd experience is really telling too because i think it was iowa i was at that race because the knn pro series was there the same weekend and i think at one point you were running inside the top 20 like consistently and not not because of a fluke or strategy or anything you were there on speed so that i think that weekend i'm sure for you inside the race car and once everything kind of died down after the race, that was probably a weekend where you said, all right, maybe I do belong here. I can do this. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned it. That race was really good. We actually ran inside the top 15 for a little bit. I think we were up to like 14th riding uh, under green. So um, it was a really good race. We ended up 17th. Um, I, I say it all the time. That car had a lot more in it. The car had a lot more in it. The driver had a lot to learn. And, um, <laughs> you know, that the car drove great all weekend long. We really hardly made any changes to it. Um, I remember coming in from practice and my crew and my crew chief Wayne would come on the radio. He said, all right, what do you think? And I said, car's good. Driver needs laps. He said, all right, back it out. <laughs> and, uh, we back it right back out. And I'd go out and make another run. Um, because I didn't want to, I didn't want to come in and say something about the car that I had no business saying. Right. Um, you know, it's a totally different animal. Yes. I'd driven the Arca cars and gotten a good, a good idea of how those drive, but this is a totally different beast. You know, you look at the downforce, you look at the, you know, the way the cars are, how fast they are, the power that they got, the suspension components, they just drive differently. Um, so I had to get out there and just run as much laps as I can. And to have run how we did and ended the race with a clean race car, running inside top 15, finishing seventh, 17th. I wish seventh. That'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> One um, day. Yeah. But it would have been, it was just a really incredible incredible weekend um i say it all the time my favorite memory was walking into the race into the garage and seeing my name on the on the name rail of the car and that was just like holy cow i'm actually doing this yeah (laughs) so it was it was awesome 17th at iowa 18th at elkhart lake in wisconsin and 26th at phoenix and i can't help but notice you finished better than where you started every single race so three for three with jd last year three good solid races hopefully We'll get some more out of you this year. Um, and I think this is a question that I've been really uh, learning to know the answer from you because I get a lot of different answers from from drivers. How have your goals and expectations changed throughout the years of seeing how tough this business is? I mean, you personally getting the chance at Rev, the situation there, uh, getting booted, you've been like, you know, sent through the ringer and then you, you scratch and clawed for every single opportunity that you've gotten from that point onwards. Have your goals and expectations in terms of being a professional race car driver, have they changed throughout the years? And if so, what are they now? I wouldn't say that they've changed. Um, you mentioned the rev deal, that whole thing caught me by surprise. 
Um, and, you know, nothing bad to say over there. It's just, you know, it's an unfortunate circumstance that left me out of a ride. And uh, I remember the biggest thing that I was told was that the last thing I need to do is quit. Um, and I believe that fully and wholeheartedly. Um, I mentioned it earlier, you know, with how much we've been able to do with what what little we have. My mom's an elementary school teacher. My dad's a construction worker. Um and I say construction worker, not construction company owner. <laughs> um, <laughs> Big difference. Yeah, a lot of people like to throw that, throw that. But um, it's it's just such an incredible story to have gone from where we were to not knowing a thing about racing. And that goes for not just me, but my parents as well. My dad, he never was a racer. My mom never was into racing. You're first generation. Yeah, we started with literally nothing. Showed up to showed up to the bullring. Uh, got my got my butt beat in the bandoleros and started then we started to win races moved to street stock showed up on an open trailer made things happen and started winning there did late models moved to k&n then to xfinity and that's it's just a blessing and i am fully aware of you know where my place is in the sport what i need to do as a business person as well as an athlete and how i need to get there I wish I can go out and, you know, seek a truck ride or a top-tier Xfinity ride, top-tier truck ride, and, you know, um, go out there and try to compete for wins. But that's not a situation that I'm in, and that's not a situation that we can do. Yeah, you're um, realistic about it. And that's the thing. It's it's once you become realistic and more um, self-aware of what your situation is, that's what that's what really helped me was when I became more aware of my situation. Um I, I knew that the route that I needed to take was the good one. Um, I have a really good base over at JD Motorsports, and they provided me with a ton of support. And uh, I'm really excited to see how that team does this year. And I'm, you know, I'm excited to just keep learning more. That's the big thing is just learning, learning, learning. You mentioned your Bandolero and your street stock days when you were, what, probably 12, 13 years old at Irwindale? Yep. So if you guys have not seen the pictures of little Ryan at Irwindale – Please do everything in your power to find them, look them up. I think I think they're probably on Ryan's social channels, but he was a chubby kid and God was yes. he adorable. Yes, I, I I definitely was much, much fatter. <laughs> <laughs> you enjoyed your tacos on the West Coast, didn't you? I enjoyed every single bit of them. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you did. Speaking of tacos, this is, all right, well, let's jump around here. Let's get to chicken nuggy reviews. I know you're down for this. Mm-hmm. So I actually have some beef to squash with you. Because I do not call them nuggies. And I don't I never will call them nuggies. They're nuggets. And I, I don't, don't even you. like I don't even like chicken nuggets as much as I like chicken tenders or chicken oh. strips. So Fine. that that's the beef that I have to squash with you. Please tell me I'm wrong and explain. You're wrong. That's Why? it. That's it. You're Why wrong. Because chicken nuggies are just superior. They're 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 small, they're two bites. That's right. If you eat a whole nuggie, you're you're just you're an animal. Um, okay, I'm an animal then. Um, Always been an animal. It they're just the perfect, you know, food. You know, you have the perfect taste of the nugget, the good seasoning of the of the chicken. Then you have the breading. Oh, the breading! You got to have that stuff right. Then you also got the dips. It's just there's so many ways to customize your nuggies. That's what matters the most. Um, I love hearing you talk about this. It's I'm very passionate. You're literally about so passionate about it. It's hilarious. I love it's, it. It's a big deal. You know, you got to focus on these nuggets. Um, 
Nuggets. See, you called them nuggets. Um, yeah, I call them nuggets. I, you don't have to call them nuggies. I just call them nuggies for the meme. But they they are nuggies. Oh, um, it's, um, but yeah, that's definitely the big thing. And the whole chicken nuggy review. It's been a really fun thing to do. Uh, fun to watch too. Yeah, we've been. I'm working on getting a third one going here soon. Unfortunately, with all the whole virus thing, we're probably gonna have to take a couple precautions. And I got an idea. Yes. It's it's not gonna be me. I mean, maybe eventually. But here's an idea. So whoever you want to do for the third one, right? You you set them up on Skype. You both can like DoorDash nuggies from wherever you want, and then you can eat them on Skype together. And you can just record that and then edit that. I was gonna say I was thinking about maybe doing a Nugget review podcast during this whole this whole Hell thing. Oh yeah, why not? Um, obviously, you know the world like you don't want to like I'm I would probably be a uh, a short term podcast because I don't yeah. want to keep doing it throughout the year. I want to make sure I still give some love to YouTube. Um, but I think the Nugget review podcast may be the way to go during this time. I think I'm down for that. You have your first subscriber. There we go. Good. That um. Good. Let's let's start to wrap up here. I want to go back to the racing thing for a second. You kind of I, I might know the answer to this because when you talked about how when you're not working you feel like you're falling behind and, and I'm the same way in that. So with with seeing how tough the business is, getting the chance, being booted, scratching and clawing, like I said, how do you keep going? Because I've had similar experiences on the media side of things and I have my own ways of kind of com- compartmentalizing why this happened, how this happened, how I'm going to move forward. But I'm curious as to your perspective, being only 19 years old with this and being in the field that you're in, which is a professional race car driver, how do you keep going? Well, I I look at it like this. I, um, I'll end this on a little bit of a serious note, so if anybody's not into serious stuff, I apologize. But um, from the time of the whole announcement of me not making the team to the time of me landing rides and making starting to win races that was from december to about march uh 2019 so december 2018 to march 2019 Mm -hmm. um that was about the hardest time of my life um you know we struggled you know finding deals we struggled to race i struggled with you know figuring out do i need to even keep racing is this worth it um i would come home and be completely miserable um, and it was just a really tough time. Um, we, I really had to ask myself, do I really want to keep doing this? And I really, for a while there was considering just quitting. Um, but once everything started coming together, um, we got past that. We started making races. We started winning races. We started racing Xfinity, started making all these brand deals, started blowing up on all social handles and stuff like that. People started becoming fans of mine. And I'm so glad that I have fans because that is so nuts to me that people want to be my fan, <laughs> um, to be a fan of mine. But it's it, it really put it into perspective. And the biggest thing that I say when people ask me why do I keep going is that when you spend some of the darkest times of your life living alone – um, and having and being 2,000, 2,400 miles away from your home and trying to focus on that one goal in life and you somehow make it happen, it, you, you, you get a taste for that and you don't want to lose that. And I got a taste for it. And, you know, like I said, I spent – my dad moved back to California, so I spent my whole last year living alone in North Carolina so you, you're thinking I spent all that time alone, 
all that time to think, all that time to figure things out, and we somehow made things happen. And so now I say, you know, when you have that much time to spend alone away from everybody and you figure out what you want and that if, if what you want happens, you just keep chasing it and keep chasing it and keep chasing it. And I'm very glad that I'm able to keep chasing it because I know a lot of people wish they can have this situation. So I'm very thankful, very blessed, and uh, I, I hope to keep doing it. Words to live by. I think mm-hmm. I think you made a lot of people want to run through a brick wall right now. <laughs> I I hope so. I hope so. Um, you know, like I said, we don't. I we never came from anything big. Um, I've experienced the lowest you could experience in racing, and some of the highest you could experience in racing. And I'm still here, and I'm still trying to do it. So, you know. I've also learned that you'll have more bad days in racing than you will good ones. So Mm -hmm. it's all about how you combat those good days and make them work and make them learning experiences. Just a young rhino in the, in the wilderness trying to get his meal. Is that right? Oh yeah, that's right. (laughs) Well, that's a good, that's a good place to end it. Ryan Vargas. Thank you so much for the time today. Thanks for working around my uh, technological idiocy. Uh, we will do this again, I'm sure, hopefully next time in person, next time I'm down in Charlotte. But in the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, and I guess I'll hopefully be seeing you soon for the next E-Truck Series Night in America. Yeah, hopefully soon. We'll, uh, we'll figure it out. Thanks, buddy. Of course. Thank you. There you have it, party people. That is Ryan Vargas, the rhino, as we say. Um, I really enjoyed talking with him. He's been a buddy of mine for a few years now. He works so damn hard. Um, and I, like I said in that interview, I think we're very comparable in that respect because if we're not doing anything, we're like jittery and we feel like we're falling behind. So that part sucks, but is what it is. Or as Darian says, it is what it is. Look, that's up the week. Cue that funky music, white boy. Kevin Harvick's happy hours on Sirius XM is coming back this week. Whoopee. I don't, I still have Sirius in my car. But I don't know if I have it at home, but maybe I can figure that out to listen to good old happy hours. Drivers signing autographs digitally and virtually have become all the rage. I believe Haley Deegan started it, um, but Daniel Hemrick was doing it. Sam Mayer was doing it. There was a ton of drivers that were doing it. I think if you weren't doing it, you basically were a bad person. So drivers signing digital autographs, I'm sure if you tweet your favorite driver and ask them to sign something, they will. Because guess what? They got nothing better to do. Congratulations to Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Amy Earnhardt. They are expecting their second child. Congratulations to the already parents of Isla. NASCAR banned testing, not related to the next-gen car. That means no wind tunnel stuff either. But again, I don't know whether or not the next-gen car is going to be on schedule for the 2021 launch. We'll see. And also, I mean, this seems like it happened a while ago, but I haven't been able to talk to you guys since it was announced. GMS Racing's Brett Moffitt fractured bones in both of his legs in a motocross accident, and he's going to have surgery. He's out for six to eight weeks. Sheesh. Hopefully he's having a speedy recovery and he's staying healthy. But the joke on Twitter right after they tweeted it was, good, he won't even miss a race. (laughs) Because NASCAR, of course, is suspended through all of April and early May. So hopefully Brett Moffitt recovers. That does not sound fun at all. But that'll wrap things up for episode 46 of Victory Lane 2.0. 
Don't know who we'll have on next week. Maybe we'll have another Skype guest on. Who knows? Please do me a favor, though. I know it sounds trivial. Rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. We are on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, usually wherever you consume your podcast if you're a normal human being. Uh, this podcast is there on your specific platform for your consumption. So I will catch you back here, who knows, like maybe later this week. I don't know. I got nothing really to do. I don't have a job right now. I'll see you guys next time, whether it's later this week, next week. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Take a shower. Enjoy yourself. Don't go stir crazy inside. Do it for me. Do it for the better good of society. Catch you on the flip side.